All right, you're thinking of creating an online course. I have 10 steps that'll help you do that. Let's make magic happen. Welcome to the Smart Passive Income Podcast, where it's all about working hard now so you can sit back and reap the benefits later. And now your host. He secretly wants to write fiction novels for a living when he's retired. Pat Flynn. Now, as you know, I've been in the podcasting space for quite a long time now, and I've had a lot of success with the multiple shows and and episodes and even the courses I've created. Part of my success is due to how particular I've been in the tools that I use, and one of my favorite tools is Buzzsprout. For those of you who are not familiar with Buzzsprout, you need to be, because if you have a podcast or you're looking to start one, Buzzsprout is by far the easiest way to start podcasting, and they're making it even easier. This is a podcast host, and it allows you to get listed on all the top directories, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts, et cetera. I use it myself. They've provided advanced stats for us now so that you can track your podcast downloads and understand exactly what things are happening with your show, which is really key, right? Just there's not a lot of data that uh, a lot of tools give us access to, and Buzzsprout is some of the best. They'll even help you build a website for your podcast so your audience can easily find you online and listen to all the episodes right from your site too, even if you don't have a website. On the technical side, this is one of the coolest things I've seen in a while. Through the host, Buzzsprout, you can automatically optimize your audio through their newest feature, Magic Mastering. So Magic Mastering is like an Instagram filter, but for your audio. And it takes the audio you have and just automatically masters it to match the Apple Podcast authoring best practices. It's totally awesome. Just, I love them because not only is it just a super easy tool to use, but I know the team there. They are the sponsor of this episode. And I wanted to make sure you got to know who they are because they're they're a great tool. And if you're just starting out with Buzzsprout, you can actually get a special deal. Their plans start at $12 a month. Buzzsprout is a wonderful partner of mine and, you know, you can actually get 33% more time on your plan, whichever plan you choose, just through this link alone. And that's smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. And that's a huge deal, 33% extra time on your plan just by going through that link. You can claim that again by going to smartpassiveincome.com slash buzzsprout. Check them out, they're awesome. Hey, what's up, everybody? Thank you so much for joining me today in this session of the SPI Podcast. My name is Pat Flynn, and I'm here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. And you can definitely do that if you get involved with online courses. I had my first taste of online courses last year in 2017, building three online courses uh, that were premium courses that people paid for, a fourth one that was free for lead generation purposes, and they've been working like gangbusters. In 2017, I amassed a total of $1 million in revenue just from online courses alone. And I'm here to help you through these 10 steps that I'm gonna share with you how to do that too. Now, before we get into this, we need to talk a little bit about why online courses are great, but then also who they aren't for, why you shouldn't do them, because they really aren't for all people and all businesses. I think the most important thing is to first realize what are the problems and the pains and the needs of your audience. And then asking yourself, does it make sense for me to build an online course and to sell that in order to help them through those problems? And you know, we'll talk about the psychology related to selling online courses too, something that I dealt with. I hesitated so long to build online courses because I was too afraid to sell to my audience. But here's the big realization. You can sell and serve at the same time. And the other part of this is I realized that by creating courses for people who just wanted to go deeper with me, I wasn't taking anything away from my audience who is more keen to my free and lower level material. Uh, and, and that 
made, that was huge for me because it made me realize that I'm able to now serve even more people, especially those who are willing to invest in themselves to help them achieve a certain goal. So that's kind of a little bit of, of the psychology that helped me get over the idea and really the fear of selling these online courses to other people. And then once I got over that, I was so relieved and it allowed me to create better courses to better help and serve my audience. It made the sales pages better. It made the emails that I sent out better. That confidence just came all the way through and that's super important to have when you're creating stuff. Now, obviously, in the beginning here, you might not know exactly what to do, but when you get involved with having conversations with your audience, understanding exactly what they're going through, keeping a very, very open ear and eye out for what they need help with, that's where you start to understand, okay, well, what can I potentially create a course about? And that's what step one is here in this 10-step process I'm gonna walk you through today in this episode. So if you don't have a notepad yet, uh, or maybe you don't have access to one and you can go and re-listen to this later, but if you need to get a notepad, now's the time because I'm gonna start mentioning and uh, sharing these 10 steps with you. And the first one, like I said, is just to figure out what your online business course is going to be about. And here's the trick. And it's really something that's so important in order to make your course work and be successful. And that is you need to know and define what the transformation is that your customers are, are gonna go through when they go through this course. That transformation is really important. They were somewhere before they got access to the course and now they are somewhere new. That Now they have access to this content, yes, but what does that help them achieve? That's so important to know because that becomes your selling point. It becomes a clear idea in the picture uh, and in the mind of the customer. Wow, if I get this, then I get that. Um, it becomes very clear for you as the person selling this thing. Hey, if you get this, these are the things that you can now have as a result. Here are the steps that are required, yes, but this is what it looks like on the other end. You need to really paint that picture, uh, obviously in your sales pages, in your messaging, and, and those kinds of things, but literally in the creation of your course and the discovery of the topic that you're gonna be selling information about or creating a course about or helping people with, you need to know what that transformation is. So sometimes it's a lot more clear than others. Let's take, for example, my affiliate marketing course, one, two, three, affiliate marketing, which I'll be using in as example here because that was the most recent one that I created. So it's very, very fresh in my mind. Uh, we recently did a beta launch. We had 85 students get access to it for $499. And I've been working with those students after they got access to the course after the turn of the new year. I've been collecting feedback. I'll go over those uh, steps uh, in in the launch and validation process with you here as we go through these steps here. But to go back, here's the transformation that people get when they get one, two, three affiliate marketing. That is, they see a direct impact in their earnings and income as a result of specific products that they now promote and the ways that they promote those products based on what they learn in this course. So to really sum that all down, especially if you've never done any marketing at all or don't sell any products, you will earn your first dollars by affiliate marketing, which is generating an income and a commission by selling and recommending other people's products, not products of your own. But if you do the work, you follow directions, you're gonna earn your first dollars through affiliate marketing. And if it does not do that, the course will have failed. It's a very clear yes, it either, it, it either did this thing or no, it did not. Uh, same thing with my podcasting course, right? You sign up, you get a podcast, you have it up on iTunes and you launch it and you have eyes and earballs on that podcast. That's the promise of that course. And it has helped hundreds of students do that. And that has also obviously very much helped with my confidence, seeing the results of these students, especially since for years I've had free content to literally walk people through step by step. And I still have free content to walk people through step by step 
how to actually go through and build a podcast of their own. However, when I created this course, it was the people who wanted to work deeper, who needed a little bit more handholding, who invested it in themselves that created those results for themselves. Some of them astounding results, which is uh, just awesome. They wouldn't have happened if I wasn't there for them. And there are people who need you and your course instructed in the way that I'm going to teach you. They need that in order to get those results too. So just some confidence boosters for you as we go into this. But to go back to what I was talking about, clear transformations. That's the key to a successful course. It doesn't matter how great the information is in the course. If it doesn't provide that transformation, then what is the point and why would people buy it? I mean, I think of uh, Ramit Sethi's courses, right? Like earn your first $1,000 or land your dream job. I mean, those are very clear things that happen when you get access to those courses. And that's the promise. And of course, it's Ramit's job as the course creator to make sure that those things happen for the students if they go and actually put in the work. So make sure that when you select the topic for your course, you have a clear transformation. And those of you who already have online courses, you may want to ask yourself, hey, what is the, the, tra- the transformation here? If you're having a hard time answering that, well, then there's a problem because guess what? Your customers are having a hard time understanding that too. So that's step one. What is the transformation? Define what that is because that's going to help everything else that happens after this. So that's step one. Step two is you're going to brainstorm the content of that course, the steps required to go from where they're at to that transformation. So this is very similar to how I structure blog posts and podcast episodes, actually. This is what I did to structure this podcast episode. I structured this episode in a way where I started with the end in mind. I wanna make sure that you have all the steps that you need to make sure that you understand what it's like to go from somebody who hasn't yet started an online course to somebody who knows exactly the route to get there and has some details to make it happen. Same thing with blog posts. Let's start with the transformation. Okay, now what stories do I need to tell? What case uh, studies do I need to share? What facts do I need to share, et cetera, in order for them to get that transformation after reading that blog post? And definitely should be the same thing with your course. So you start with the transformation, that's why it's step one, and you work backwards in step two to understand and begin to brainstorm what content needs to be included to help people do that. And the way that I recommend brainstorming is using my favorite tool in the world. Some of you might know already. I'm going to give you a second just to guess. Post-it notes. Post-it notes are my favorite thing in the world for brainstorming. Why? Because they are small and you can only you can basically only include one uh, idea or element per post-it note. And when you're brainstorming, your job when you're brainstorming is literally have the things that are happening and going on in your brain come out Put on paper so that you can finally do things with them because guess what? If you can't see it, you can't deal with it. Our brains do a great job of coming up with new ideas, but a terrible job at A, dealing with them, but also B, putting organization and hierarchy to them. So let's take these ideas and and things in our brain to put them out in the world so we can see them. And I recommend post-it notes so that you can, in step three, organize them. Now, let's go back to step two really quick. Step three is organization of those ideas because as you are in step two, you're not organizing at all. It's literally you're like throwing up on each of these post-it notes in a very highly skilled way with one idea per, this is very high-skilled throwing up we're doing here, Uh, high-skilled throwing up where you have one idea per post-it note and boom, you just knock them out. Anything you can think of. And then cool things happen when you are in that kind of creative mindset versus oh, I'm gonna create and edit and outline as I go. You're letting your creative brain just get into the flow there. And what I would do, and this is this is something I do when I, when I do brainstorming, I do what's called the triple 10 exercise. The triple 10 exercise is you spend 10 minutes brainstorming as much as you can until, you know, typically after 10 minutes, you're kind of exhausted 
a little bit. And at sometimes you might be like, oh, I don't know if I have any, anything else. So that's why you do it for 10 minutes and then you rest for 10 minutes. You literally go away from that environment. You walk away, you go on a walk, you do something else. You set a timer so that after that rest period, you come back to where you were and then you jam and you keep going for another 10 minutes. And I found that that final 10 minutes in that total 30 minutes is often where the best ideas come out because what happens during that break? Yes, you are resting, but your brain is also kind of just absorbing everything it had just done and making sense of it all. Even though you're not in that room actively brainstorming, it's actually doing stuff still. So when you come back from that break, it's like your brain is just you know, process it in a way that you couldn't have if you didn't take that break. It's similar to like studying. It's really important to take breaks. It's really important to study and then let yourself just sit on that content and not absorb it or not try to study and put any more and cram any more things into your brain. You need that brain processing time. That's why sleep is really, really important, especially when you're studying. But, um, you know, at least for retention purposes, but for brainstorming, same thing. So step two, brainstorm, use post-it notes and just literally no order to them. Just anything in your brain that comes out Put it put out on there uh, onto your table or onto your wall and just let it happen. So the triple 10 exercise will help you. Now in step three, you see the sea of post-it notes and your role now is to take those post-it notes and put them into some kind of order. Now a few things are gonna happen. You're gonna have you're gonna have a few post-it notes that you're like, why did I even write that? That's that's weird. And guess what? Just remove that post-it note, take it out. It does not belong. You're also, as you're doing this exercise and beginning to organize, um, and the way you organize it is you create clusters, you create hierarchies. Okay, um, here's a cluster of stuff related to this content. You know, in affiliate marketing, here's like, okay, well, here's all the passive affiliate marketing strategies that you can use, stuff that you set up once and it kind of works for you. Wow, here, here's all the active income strategies, uh, affiliate marketing strategies that require you to do a little bit more work and it's more like a like an event type of feel to that marketing. So he, we'll, we'll cluster those over here. Um, and then here's all the mindset stuff that needs to happen, all, uh, uh, you know, the kind of pre-selling as an affiliate stuff that needs to happen. We'll, we'll clump these over here. And now I have like three clusters and guess what? That's why it's called one, two, three affiliate marketing because during the brainstorming process, I found that there were three clear steps here. Step one is, you know, getting everything set up and understanding how to do it, finding your first affiliate product. Step number two is creating passive strategies, putting things into place now so that they'll work for you in long term. That's step number two. And step number three is, okay, let's take this focus product of yours that you're gonna be promoting as an affiliate and let's go to town with it. Let's be active in how we promote it to our audience and and JV partners uh, or with our JV partners and um, let's knock it out of the park. So that's why it's called one, two, three affiliate marketing. And it wouldn't have been called that and it, I wouldn't even know that if I didn't go through this process of organization. Also through the organization process like this, you're gonna find where there might be some holes. So you might find uh, that you know these clusters essentially become modules and each of these post-it notes will become your lessons. That's the magic of this. Uh, if you're creating a book, very same thing happens. You have your chapters now and then the subsections of those chapters when you do this exercise. It could be the exact same thing. So with your online course, you're gonna also see that, well, there's some things missing here. So in, in here, uh, with passive affiliate marketing strategies, I found that you know there's a few more that are coming to mind now. What do I do? Well, just add more post-it notes to it. It's that simple. So I hope you can see kind of what's happening here, right? We started with higher level, where the pains and problems, let's figure out a transformation to go from where they were to where they are now to help them solve that problem. That's the transformation. Then let's reverse engineer that. Let's figure out exactly all that needs to happen in order for that achievement, that transformation. And um, let's just brainstorm. And then we're gonna put order to it. So now you can see how this is literally forming itself 
as we go through this process. The hardest thing to do is to literally take a piece of paper and say, okay, this is what my course is going to be about. What should step one be? What should step two be? You may have some ideas in your head, but unless you do this brainstorming process, you're either going to miss a lot of things, you're going to go out of order, so on and so forth. Speaking of order, this is another benefit of going through this process. You're able to see, okay, well, what needs to come first? In the eyes and in the shoes of my customer, would it make sense to put this one first? Okay, well, let's move that post-it note over here and let's now put these lessons into orders. We've got these clusters now, great. Let's go one level deeper and create order to the lessons for each of these modules. Let's now give each of these modules a name. Let's now give each of these lessons a name. And now you have what's in step four is your outline. So you're creating your outline and brainstorming in, in, in step three, and you have your outline complete in step four. And what do you do with that outline? You go and you share it. You share it with others. Perhaps you have super fans, people in your audience who you know you want to give an inside look to, who would benefit uh, and, and feel great of, uh, with you trusting them with this, but also help you out because you know they're honored that you'd share it with them early, but I mean, obviously, you know that you're going to get some amazing feedback from them. Perhaps you have a, a team of people in your audience that you can go to for this. Uh, you know, it might be worth setting up one of those kinds of teams like you do for a book launch team. Why not a product launch street team to help you uh, launch? And this is the kind of thing you can share with them. Hey, guys, here's the outline, the uh, tentative outline for this course. that's going to help you blank the blank being obviously the transformation. And and so, you know, look over it. Let me know what you think. Does it make sense? What would you include that's not included here what would you remove that you think is uh, kind of you know too much and that's a hard thing to do this is what in the book writing space is called the killing your darlings or murdering your darlings um, you have to do the same thing with your lessons because you're going to have to and you should take out the lessons that aren't necessary in order for that transformation to happen and you'll find that oftentimes you are unable to do that but the people who you are sharing this outline with are and this, and so literally that's a question you ask them hey what lessons in here do you think are not necessary for you to achieve the same goal and so uh, that allows you to just you know make sure you only have what you need in this course that'll save you with production time that'll save the person going through the course with how much time they're spending into it they're going to feel like it's much more streamlined there's no fluff and you're going to collect some great feedback from your peeps perhaps it's your audience maybe it's people in your mastermind group or other colleagues or you know, other friends who might be going through the same thing. Just share it with them. Don't be afraid to do that. You want people to poke holes into this now instead of later after you've spent all this time creating the course itself. Now, before we get into step five, let's take a quick uh, stretching break. And to do that, actually, let's let's not call it a stretching break because I don't want you to relax right now. I want you to get fired up about this. So what I want you to do, if, if you're somewhere convenient right now, um, before you pause, I want to give you instructions. So pause this and show me that you're listening to this right now. If you're on Twitter or Instagram, you can sh- share an Instagram story. Hook me up and tag me at Pat Flynn with a picture of you kind of fist pumping that you are enjoying this content. If you are enjoying this content, if you're not, don't worry, just you know, keep listening and I'll, I'll get through this really quick. But I love to just see who in the audience is fired up about creating online courses. It was something that truly was life-changing for me last year. And I'm excited to see a lot of you begin to put in the effort to put a course together this year. And if that's you, instead of a stretch, let's do a fist pump. Let's take a picture of yourself or even just your fist doing that um, and uh, tag me on that picture with at Pat Flynn on Instagram, Twitter or Instagram stories. And I'd love to see you uh, just fired up about this because I'm fired up about it too. I'm fired up for you. All right, so shoot me a fist bump or a Flynn bump or whatever you want to call it at Pat Flynn on Twitter or Instagram and um, let's continue going on. So hopefully you're getting value out of this. All right, step number five. You have this outline. 
you've collected a little bit of feedback. Perhaps there's some changes you're already making. So you should do that, obviously, with the outline. And what you've done at this point is just validated the concept and the outline. The outline is essentially your prototype. Is like if you're creating a physical product, you have a prototype that people can play with and look at and use. Well, this is your prototype. The outline is the prototype for your potential customers. So now with that in mind, you're gonna go through with step number five and that is you're gonna pre-sell this bad boy. Yes, you're gonna pre-sell it to a limited number of people in your audience if you have one already. If not, uh, it's gonna be a little bit harder but you can still do things like uh, run ads to webinars to be able to pre-sell this thing. You know, that webinar registration is another form of validation. Are people even interested in this topic at all? I talk about validation quite heavily, as you know, in my book, Will It Fly? So it'll walk you through a lot of these processes, but I'm just going higher level here for you so you know the steps. But if you have an audience already, you can let them know, hey guys, I'm coming out with this course. I haven't made it yet, but I wanna share a little bit of information for you that's gonna be helpful for you and then tell you also what this course is gonna be about. And then when you do that, when you pre-sell it, you're you're being honest with them. You know, I, I haven't made this yet, but I'm gonna give access to 20 people we're gonna work with me as I build this course so I can help make sure it is exactly how it needs to be for you. You're gonna be one of the first to get access to it. I'm also gonna uh, give you some extra time with me to help you through this content. And so if we get 20 people, I'm gonna create it. If not, don't worry, I'm gonna refund your money and that will be just enough for me to know to redo this or go in a different direction. This is what validation is about. And this solidifies that you are going in the right direction. And it allows your audience and your potential customers to vote with their dollars that yes, you need to do this. Actually, more importantly, that yes, this is something that they want. Now, obviously, I talk a lot more, like I said, about validation in my book, Will It Fly? You can go check that out at willitflybook.com. Wall Street bestseller, just saying. But um, uh, it was though, but um, as a self-published book, by the way. So you should definitely check it out. It's awesome. Thank you for all of you who have supported me with that book. I'm I'm super stoked to see it still do well. And now in multiple languages around the world, Guys, you gotta learn how to validate your product so that you're not wasting your time and money. That's exactly what that book is about. So willitflybook.com, that's my little plug, that's it, I'm done. Now we're still in step five here, we're still pre-selling this thing. What do you need to pre-sell? Well, a number of people I've spoken to and and have interviewed and featured uh, on the podcast and in the book, um, they literally pre-sold by just saying, hey, if this is something you want, shoot this much money over to my PayPal and um, I'll make sure that we put you in a Facebook group to continue communicating after this with the other students. And again, if I don't get X number of people to buy it, I'll just refund your money. Don't worry, I'm not going anywhere. So that's one way to do it. You don't even need a landing page or, or anything like that. You just need a PayPal account and just literally ask. Hopefully you're potentially communicating with these people via email or even better yet, through a direct message. If that's the case, it's the quickest and easiest way to do, a, uh, to do it without any friction at all. Now, with 123 Affiliate Marketing, because I have a team and a lot of resources in place, we created a landing page with a video that explained the transformation, what people are gonna get, the fact that it was a beta launch and that it was gonna be pre-sold, that there was nothing to get access to yet. Um, we had a button on there that connected to a shopping cart through um, you know, Teachable. This, co- this course was hosted on Teachable, so we just created that. Now, with Teachable, what was interesting is they got access to the course and they literally saw just one lesson in there. And that lesson was a welcome video thanking them for being in the course, but also, hey, here's what's happening next. The last thing you wanna do when you pre-sell anything and or sell anything, really, is to have a person buy something and then just not know what happens next. That's happened to me many times before uh, from buying plugins for Final Cut Pro and then just wondering where my download link is to buying access to online courses and then never hearing from that person until the next day. It's frustrating, right? So especially if you're pre-selling, you don't you just wanna make sure people know 
uh, your customers know that you just didn't take their money and left. So no matter what, always make sure that you have a great onboarding process and with Teachable just made it simple because they got automatic access to the course. They go into that welcome uh, lesson. That's the only lesson available. All the other ones that are being created are in draft mode um, and those are just based off of the outline and I'll walk through that creation process in step six here in just a minute. Um, and in that welcome video, I just said, hey, thank you again for purchasing. Here's what happens. Here's when you're gonna get access to all the material when it comes out. Here's a link to join the Facebook group so I can give you updates along the way and you can communicate with some of the other students. Thank you again. And again, as a reminder, the course material go li- goes live after New Year's on Tuesday, January 2nd. And so that's what happened. The course content was created after I validated the product. I sold it on Cyber Monday, which was the end of November. I used December after knowing that, yes, this is something people wanted to create the course material. And then it was released to them on January 2nd. It's as easy, it's as, easy as that. Bomb diggity. Who says bomb diggity? I don't even know why I said that. Don't leave, please. Okay, now step six is you wanna make sure that if you promise a Facebook group of some sort to communicate with these people as you are building the course to let them know about things, that's always great for uh, customer confidence. Um, Make sure you do that. That's step six, very simple. You know, keep them up to date, stay in communication with them um, and be honest with them, most importantly. Now, step number seven is product creation. So you validated the course, hopefully, Now, some people skip the validation part and they build the course and then they sell it to you. So if you choose to go that route, this step is, okay, now we're gonna build the course. And here's how you do it. You use those post-it notes, right? Hopefully they're still up there somewhere. And those are gonna be your guides for, okay, what lesson am I working on right now? And let's make this thing happen. Because really it becomes, I mean, this is the hardest part of it. I mean, no, it's not the hardest part of it, but it, it is a difficult part because it, t- it takes the most work, you know, the production part of it. So production-wise, you know, in terms of video, video is obviously the best way to produce these courses uh, because this is, the, this is the highest value. You can also create audio uh, versions of them and also transcripts if you wanted to go that far too, but you don't even need to go that far, especially in the beta. In the beta, because people know it's the first time it's launched, you're able to do certain things like other things that I'm about to tell you that you wouldn't normally do or you probably shouldn't do when you go full on with a a high-end premium course launch. So one thing, for example, is the actual production of the videos themselves. Yes, they're highly produced and, you know, we did them in a studio. I have a video studio, but initially they weren't done like that. They were done in my home office just using a basic DSLR camera. You can even use a video camera from your phone. They're good enough nowadays. As long as the audio is great too, that, that's kind of important. Um, perhaps using a portable recorder such as a Zoom H4n or a Zoom H6n to record audio separately uh, could benefit you. But uh, you know, you could also run a wired mic to your phone using like a Rode Smart Live or something like that. We'll obviously leave all the links to all this equipment. You can make decisions from the show notes page uh, on the show notes page itself. So um, to move on, you know, what I'm talking about here in terms of, okay, things you can do in the beta versus not in the beta. One thing we did is we didn't include a lot of uh, elements in the videos other than just me talking and what, you know, was shown on the computer through ScreenFlow or Camtasia Studios, the the screen grabs. Um, other things that you can include are like layovers, text that pops up when you say certain things, lists uh, in the text that pops up. Uh, also B-roll, you know, camera stuff that shows things that you're talking about when you're kind of having a voiceover over those things. Those are things that you don't need to have in the beta launch because, and you probably shouldn't have them because what if things needed to be changed? There's so much extra time and effort to put that flavor onto those videos. You might as well wait to make sure that those videos are done uh, and has the information that they need 
before you actually go that far and produce those things. As long as the videos and the lessons do what they need to do to help a person, again, reach that transformation, well, then you're okay. But adding that additional flavor really rounds out and shows the value and the professionalism in that course in your future and more public launch. But for the beta, you don't need that. So we didn't do that. Actually, we're adding those things in pretty much as we speak, as I record this video right now. I have an editor going in and adding those elements uh, to those videos where they are required. And the best tip I can offer you related to the production of these lessons is to take, again, one lesson at a time, one post note at a time, and plan out how many you're gonna do and 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 in what time period. Um, so perhaps you might spend a few days, actually, 123 Affiliate Marketing was recorded over the course of two days that were literally blocked out. I had to talk to April, my wife, obviously, and say, hey, you know, I'm gonna be super busy recording these courses, so I won't be able to, pick up the kids this day or you know you're gonna have to help take care of dinner this day because i'm gonna be in the studio with caleb and we're just gonna bang out two days worth of videos to crush that course and that's exactly what we did and it was nice to do it that way to batch process it because it was like okay i'm gonna wake up and this is what this day is about let's complete this half of the course and then the next day let's complete this half of the course and of course when you start out it's it's slow it's hard it's it's like oh my gosh i have to do all of this and i haven't even done more than two videos yet um, and then, of course, it picks up over time. You start to gain momentum, right? An object at rest tends to stay at rest, but once you start to get into motion, you know, you tend to stay in motion and to kind of accelerate too sometimes. So my recommendation to you would be to A, start, <laughs> B, really plan ahead in terms of how many videos you're doing and when. And even if it's like one video per day and that's the only time you have, well, then do that. But really honor that time you're blocking out to create those uh, those course videos and those lessons. Now, within those lessons, you're obviously gonna include perhaps some worksheets for things where you want people to do things. Uh, one thing I like to do in all of my courses is have at the end of those videos a list of action items. Okay, you watch this video, now here's what you gotta do and do these things before you move on to the next one. And then finally, you can have some, uh, some uh, notes and, and other text related to those lessons if it just, if the content, for example, just makes sense to have text in there. So that's step seven content creation for your course. And all along this time, you wanna make sure you keep your students who have prepaid updated. You can even give them tidbits and little hints and things here and there. Um, I actually did give them a little bit of homework, which was related to something that they'd be doing in step one. And that was nice. A lot of them said, hey, thanks for helping me get a head start on this. When they got into that lesson, they were already ahead and they, and they felt ahead. So you can offer a little bit of homework between the time that you pre-sell and the time that you release the course if you wanted to. And then finally, no, we got two more, no, sorry, that was step seven. We got three steps, I can do math. Okay, three steps left. Step eight is the collection of that feedback from your students. So that involves a number of different communication tools like email, obviously, and also potentially surveys if you wanted to do that. We've run surveys before with our course students to get some feedback, but honestly, the best feedback has come from one-on-one -on -one conversations and also group conversations, like in group office hours using tools like Zoom or things like that uh, to be able to collect feedback from people, both positive and constructive. Um, constructive criticism is positive, but you know what I mean? Like both sides of the coin, things that are great that I should continue doing, things that aren't so great that I should fix or, or redo, um, and things that potentially, oh, I've had a lot of great feedback from some of my other courses I've gotten better with this over time, but uh, in some of my other courses, there was too much information. And I got a lot of great feedback from my students saying, you know what, this this didn't feel like it was needed. I didn't need this to help me get there. And so I'm able to kind of um, understand, okay, well, what is it necessary from my exact course students? And guess what? 
They are your target audience. They are the people who are just like the customers who haven't paid to get in there yet. So listen to them more than anybody. They are the ones who need you to make this great, but your audience out there who wants this course, you're gonna get that greatness coming from the voices of your current students. So collect that feedback. Um, you know, Honestly, some of the best feedback I've gotten is from direct messages on Facebook. Just through those groups, just direct messaging somebody saying, hey, I just wanna make sure, You know, I saw that comment you made on Facebook earlier, uh, I just want to make sure you're you're good. Like, what what else do you think I could do to better uh, make make sense of this of this for you? Or you know, you can just go into individual conversations here and there as you are kind of just being involved in that community. All right, step number nine, and this might seem obvious. Okay, you've collected that feedback. Step nine, let's refine the course. Let's now. Uh, redo the videos that need to be redone. Let's remove the things that need to be removed. Let's add worksheets where there were no re- worksheets before where you know it would help a person out. Let's um, add the text and the, the animations and the B-roll into the videos now. Um, let's refine the course and make it great so that when we go public with it, it's gonna, it's gonna rock. And uh, the nice thing about this is at this point, you will have hopefully some amazing testimonials that you can collect too. So that's part of this process of just you know finishing and tying things off before you go public with it. That's essentially what step nine is, right? Refining, but also that includes, okay, let's refine the sales page. You've gone through one iteration of sales already. You likely have helped some people achieve those transformations. Hopefully you have, and you should collect that feedback, but also those testimonials. And you, the, the best way to collect testimonials, in my experience over the course of the, of the past year, is to literally just go out and say, hey, if you enjoyed this and you've gotten some great results from it, please, I would love it so much if you just took a, a few moments to, to leave me a testimonial. I've asked people in a group setting, like on, on the Facebook groups, and that's worked pretty well, but honestly, asking individually has helped more than anything. And if you've helped a person achieve something, um, they're gonna be more than happy for uh, to, to, to spend some time to leave you a great testimonial. And they're, 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 gonna, they're gonna talk you up like, like you're, the, you're the best thing since sliced bread if you've truly helped them. And that's gonna help you sell your course to more people by helping those people who are coming in who are on the fence realize from a previous student that this is for them. And uh, the more testimonials you can get, the better. The more diverse those groups of people who are leaving testimonials, the better because they're gonna be able to help relate to the, to more people. And um, and yeah, that's that's step nine. It's a fun one. Asking for test Like people aren't gonna give you testimonials out of the blue. Some may, but most people will only give you testimonials if you ask and it is 100% okay to do that. All right, and finally, your 10th and final step here, and don't worry, I'm gonna recap all of these for you here at the end after I uh, run over step 10 here. And it's a small step, but it's a big step for mankind. Uh, I don't know where, um, it sounded like I was saying the moon landing stuff, but uh, no, it, it, it's, a, it's, a, it's a tiny phrase that you should take with you moving forward, but it's a big, big deal. And that is to be confident. Through these steps here, you're creating a lot, you're doing a lot of research, you're going and collecting feedback. You've done a lot of work to make sure that this thing that you've created, this online course that you know now that is and has been proven to be helpful is something that can help people like those people who are in that course already, like the people who are on your email list, like the people who are searching for stuff on Google right now related to the stuff that you teach. This, you know now, is a great solution for that particular problem to help them through that specific transformation and it is your responsibility now i want you to be approaching this in that way you like if you had a cure for a disease wouldn't you want to make sure that you get it in front of as many people who have that disease as possible 
Well, you've just created a cure for a disease out there, but it's an online course to solve a specific problem. You should approach it in the same way in terms of the confidence that you have that this can help and the uh, the, the, the drive to want to make sure that people find it. And that alone is what has helped me make sure to get it in front of more people, to be confident in doing that and be confident in the messaging behind it too. And guess what? Some people, they're not going to be ready for it. For some people, hopefully it's going to be easy for them to know that this is not for them. And that's, again, another purpose and benefit of actually just sharing up front who this is for and what this transformation is all about. Some people are going to be like, well, that's not for me. Okay, bye. And that's great. There's no playing around anymore. You don't. You, you wouldn't have wasted their time. You won't upset them when you tell them right away what they're going to hopefully get if they don't want that. It's when you mess around with the messaging and try to please everybody and try to make everybody get into it where nobody will understand if it's for them. And they either just don't buy because they're confused or they buy and they're like, this is not what I signed up for. You make it clear for them and you go through this process. You have it in hand. Now you know you need to put it out there. So be confident, make sales, and then serve. Because remember, you can sell and serve at the same time. That's a Pat Flynn original quote, by the way. You can sell and serve at the same time at Pat Flynn if you want to tag me on that. All right, so let's recap these 10 steps for you. And then I got a really cool call to action for you at the end that's going to help you with this online course thing even more. Because obviously, these are 10 steps that are, you know, they're, they're great and they will walk you through the process, but there's a lot more to course creation, obviously. And what has helped me with course creation is a course that I took that I want to tell you about. I'm actually co-hosting a webinar with this person, the person who I learned how to build online courses from. Uh, we're doing this again. We do this every single year and I'm excited to announce this a little bit early now so you can have time to sign up for it. But let's recap these steps really quick. Step number one, just understand what your online course is going to be about and really that, that key word there is the transformation. What is that transformation your audience is going to be going through? Define what that is. Number two, brainstorm content ideas and steps. Reverse engineer from that transformation. You can use post-it notes to do this and just literally puke onto those post-it notes, again, in a very highly skilled way with one idea per post-it note, just so all your ideas are out there and you can finally see it. Because remember, once you finally see it, you can deal with that. You can even use the, uh, the triple 10 method to do 10 minutes of brainstorming, 10 minutes of rest, and 10 minutes of final brainstorming. Step number three is you are now going to organize those post-it notes or those ideas into different modules, which become different lessons and groups. You're creating hierarchy, you're creating order. This becomes what is now your outline. And remember, in step four, that's where you have your finalized, quote, finalized outline before it gets changed based on feedback, obviously. But step four is you have your outline and you're going to share it. You're gonna share it with your mastermind group members if you have them, your colleagues, other people in the space that you trust, your super fans, people in your audience who you just want to get feedback from, those kinds of things. That's step four. In step five, now that you've validated it and perhaps have made a, a few other changes based on that feedback, crossed some things off, added other things on, now guess what? You have your prototype and now you're going to pre-sell it. After pre-selling it in step six, you're going to make sure that if you do get some pre-sales, uh, you're going to build that community so that people on Facebook, uh, you know, you have that Facebook group that they can get access to so you can communicate communicate with them. Here's also the other thing that I didn't mention, but I'd love to mention it now. This relates to step five in pre-selling. If you don't get any sales, but you still have people who you've shared it with, here's the cool thing that you can do. You can. It's not like traditional sales where you build a thing and you're like, selling it and then nobody buys it and you're like, what happened? I thought people loved it. And then you have no one to talk to. Through this kind of validation and the processes that I teach in Will It Fly, you're able to, at every step of the moment, 
go back and help yourself by understanding what exactly happened here. So if you pre-sell and you don't make any sales, you can still go back to those people who were interested and say, hey, well, you know, you said you were interested in this, but you didn't buy it. Tell me, tell me some reasons why. And yes, a lot of them are going to say, oh, because I didn't want to spend the money. But beyond that, what else? Continue to go down that deeper hole so that you can understand exactly what the answers are. Because honestly, when people say, oh, it's just the money. No, that's not the problem. They just didn't understand the value that you had to provide to them. Whenever you hear somebody say, oh, I just, you know, it's, it's the money. It's because they didn't understand the value that you could potentially offer on the other end of that purchase. That's why people say money, not because they don't have money. It's because they don't want to spend that money on something that they don't think they're going to get back. Got it? Got it? Good. Okay, so step six is you create that community. Step seven is now, okay, you build this thing. You have students in there now who are waiting for it. You build it, you launch it. And step eight is then you collect feedback. And then step nine, you refine it. You collect those testimonials and all those kinds of things too. And then step number 10, like I said earlier, be confident. Now, at this point, I'm confident that you have a roadmap that you can now see in front of you in terms of how to get from where you're at now to finally having an online course available for your audience, which is really cool. But I also know that you are smart and know that this isn't just everything that's involved. There's so much involved and and a lot of details too, which is why there are online courses about this, why there are people who specialize in this. And one of those people who specializes in helping people build their online courses from the ground up is David Seitman Garland, who is the guy who really inspired me and helped me get my online courses up and running. And so I wanna thank David just personally here on the podcast for all the help he's given me. This is something actually uh, that I'm excited to announce. Uh, We are doing a webinar, actually a co-hosted webinar, two of them in mid-March, on March 15th and March 16th. We're we're doing co-hosted webinars where we're gonna teach you even more information about uh, setting up your online course and a lot of details, a lot of the finer details related to that. Um, And then David's gonna talk about his course that I took, Create Awesome Online Courses. And it's a lot of fun. These webinars, we do this every single year. Um, It grows and grows and grows every single time. And and, And SPI, Smart Passive Income students who have gone through this webinar have come out with some amazing, amazing results. Like hundreds of thousands of dollars have been earned as a result of this kind of stuff that David and I talk about. So if you want to register for those, quite simply, all you have to do is go to smartpassiveincome.com slash online courses. Very simple to remember. Again, smartpassiveincome.com slash online courses. Those webinars happen in mid-March, but um, I just wanted to share them with you now so you can get registered and get your seat and make sure that you get access to that. So again, smartpassiveincome.com slash online courses. That'll register, uh, register you for uh, those two webinars or one of those two webinars. You can even attend both if you want. We're gonna give you a lot of great information that you could take away and use for free. In addition to that, we're also going to allow for Q&A. So you can ask David and or I questions and get them answered related to your progression through your online course too. So sign up for that now, smartpassiveincome.com slash online courses. And I'm super stoked for you and your future with online courses. And I'm excited to see what happens for all of us because I'm doing some new experiments in online courses too. I have one or two more that are coming out this year, but right now I'm working on the funnelization, meaning, okay, well, let's let's work on the marketing side of the courses that I already have to see how we might be able to get even more people into them. Um, that's the big push here in January and February, but uh, come mid-year, more courses are gonna be built and uh, a lot of the stuff is gonna be put into action once again. So I hope you enjoyed this episode, the 10 steps to help you get started with online courses. Thank you so much. Again, that webinar registration link one more time is smartpassiveincome.com slash online courses. And even in the future, if you're listening to this after March 15 and after March 16 of 2018, you can still go to that link. You're gonna get the latest and greatest information on how you can get more info on how to build your online course there. So smartpassiveincome.com slash online courses. 
And then finally, I just want to thank you so much for taking the time to hang out with me today. And um, the next episode is going to be great. I mean, I, I just, gosh, there's so much great content coming. Actually, let me check my calendar right now to see what's coming in the next episode. Oh, man. Oh, okay. oh man. I can't even, for, I forgot about that. Um, I'm not even going to tell you what it is because there's just so much great stuff coming this year. So please make sure to subscribe to the podcast because this great stuff is coming your way. And if you've listened to the podcast before, if you're a subscriber already, you probably can hear a little bit of a difference here in 2018. I've stepped up my game here in terms of usefulness to you, in terms of deliverability, in terms of entertainment, in terms of just making sure you get the stuff you need to succeed. Not that that wasn't the case before, but I'm trying really hard this year to make sure that those of you who know that you are just right on the edge of success to get over that edge and make it happen. This is why I'm here. Again, my name is Pat Flynn. I'm here to help you make more money, save more time, and help more people too. Cheers, thanks so much. Please subscribe, and I'll see you in the next episode. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Smart Passive Income Podcast at www.smartpassiveincome.com. 